faremos el amor Tumba blues hasta el amanecer Tumba blues como te quiero nena Tumba blues Tumba blues caricias, yo estaría abocado al deseo y tu amor de ordenadores no cambia el escenario principal. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's deep in the Mission District where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk,
everybody. It is time. It is six o'clock. It's a little after six. Sorry about that, comedians. It's time for the happy hour. I am not happy. I have been vomiting all day. I have the whiskey flu. I feel like shit. But I'm here for you guys. Whatever. Uh, but I do. I feel like I feel like ass right now. So if I'm a bitch, fuck you guys. Seriously, I feel like shit. You're lucky I'm here. Like I'm. I've been. I honestly haven't kept on anything all day. Not water. Nothing. Just vomiting. I went to that show, that shipwreck show, and it was supposed to be fun. And then all they gave us was whiskey. They had no beer. Who does that? Who's like, hey, performers, have a bottle of fucking whiskey. I'm like, how about some water to go with it? Nothing. I remember nothing. I guess I sang. I don't know what I did. It, does, it was awful. And I puked all day. And fuck whiskey, you guys. Seriously, it sucks. All right, your first comedian. She's a funny lady. She has a show here on Thursdays from 8 to 10 called Ask a Divorcee. Clap wildly for Annette Mullaney. Thank you so much. Uh, started out having a good day today. Made it to the gym before work. Feeling fucking adult. Got to work afterwards. Realized that I forgot to pack pants. Um, and luckily I'm wearing a pair of leggings that happens to feature inadvertently uh, a giant scarab shape right over the puss. Um, so that was fun at meetings at work today. Um, so I've been going on a lot of dates. Uh, I do have a boyfriend, but we've decided to be in an open relationship and I want to win. Um, yeah, it's great. You get all the obligation of a relationship uh, with all of the bullshit of dating because that's the number one thing I was looking forward to do is just dive right back into that sea of fuckboys out there. Um, yeah, it's great. I mean, on one hand, who doesn't love, you know, sex? Who doesn't love orgasms? The only issue is I date straight men. Um, and they're not, they're not the best. Uh, I just don't think it's fair. Like my boys out there in this city is full of beautiful, interesting, fun, cool women. And I'm on a date with these dudes. Like they say, I have a job and I'm like, I got a job too, motherfucker. Go lift some weights, work on that oral game and then come call me. Um, it's just super unfair. And it's not like these dudes don't know that they're doing badly, right? Like, I'm not one to fake an orgasm. Uh, I don't have that kind of confidence in my acting abilities. Um, instead, I prefer to just stare at them like an owl, a really disappointed owl. Like, who, who do you think is enjoying this? It's just you. Um, but yeah, it's super unfair. I'm like looking for needles in a haystack. Meanwhile, my dude's out there just sticking his dick into piles of needles. It's a, it's a weird metaphor, weird saying. Um, and then he's, after he sticks his dick into that piles of needles, he's bringing it on back home. Another benefit of open relationships is apparently you get to use condoms forever. Um, oh, it's so, getting so close to one another. It's great. Um, Another issue is, I don't know if you guys have dated in this century, but apparently now sexting is a thing. Um, and I don't even like the pictures thing, I won't even venture. I won't even do that. Like I'm seeing all these dudes on Tinder and whatever and they're like, send nudes and I'm like, do you not have the internet? There's professionals who do this. Do you want me to also come over and try to fix your fucking car? It's not gonna work out well for either of us. Um, but I feel like I have to indulge in the sexty what is it called? The sexy word texting, right? Um, unfortunately, I'm not so good at this. 
Um, I seem to go from zero to 60 way too fast. Like they'll text me in the morning like, hey cutie, how's your morning? And I'll be like, thinking about you and now my hallway's a slip and slide. Um, that didn't get a very good response. Or, uh, hey baby, I can't wait to see you tonight. And I, re I respond, uh, yeah, because I'm a murder that dick. <laughs> didn't get a good response. It's just, it's really hard, I find, to sexy text as a lady. Because these dudes, they'll just say like, I'll do this and this and that to you. And I'm like, like to be honest, what am I going to say? I'm going to lie there appreciatively? <laughs> like, it's just, I'm not... I'm not about doing things during sex. That's not what I'm there for. Um, <laughs> it's not what I'm there for. Um, it's great, though. I do have to say that uh, so far, this open relationship has one unexpected benefit, um, which is that jealousy has been the most effective diet I've ever been on. Uh, I just find it really hard to um, you know, go to town on some food when my dude's out on a date and every thrust into another woman is like a dagger in my stomach. Um, looked better than I've ever looked in my entire life. Not that it matters, you know, keep it tight, let it go. He's still gonna be out there fucking running train on San Francisco. Does not fucking matter. Um, I have a lot of friends in open relationships because this is San Francisco and they've been trying to give us counsel. Um, they tell me that jealousy is just your insecurities. So all I have to do is fix all of my insecurities and then this will be fun. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that's been keeping me from fixing all my insecurities was the fact that my dude wasn't banging other chicks. Um, but now they've recommended books for us to read, uh, which I think is gonna be the real key to this relationship, to igniting this romance between my dude and me. For me, fighting off all these bar bitches, right? I gotta compete with every woman now. The thing this relationship needed was homework. All right, thank you guys so much. I've been Annette. Give it up for Pam doing the sick. Yay, Annette Mullaney. Yay. And yay, we gave you some extra time stuff. That's very funny. Listen to her show on Thursdays. Ask a divorcee. She's already divorced, too. And she's insecure. Get her, guys. Get, just, just, I thought guys eat that up uh we've got a female rock block right now i don't know I, mary hasn't been here in a while is she in the room she's there she is she was so she's hiding from me in 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 her own body put your hands together everybody we haven't seen her in a while uh go see her show next tuesday the first tuesday of the month at uh, my greasy sons at the place willows in the oakland here she is mary goss oh, hello kitty chest yes. It is in a place. I know I haven't been here in a minute, but I have some thoughts on catcalling again. Uh, catcalling is bumming me out because it's ruining my three favorite things in the world, uh, which is walking by myself, uh, which Daylight Savings has already fucked me over on that one. Uh, not pleased. It is dark all the time. I can't go out of my house. Uh, the other favorite thing is obviously avoiding eye contact. And the third favorite thing is to be told what to do. Um, I love to be told what to do. It is my favorite thing in the world because I cannot be in control of my own life. And I shouldn't. My room looks like I hoard urine. Uh, I don't hoard urine. But honestly, at this point with my room in the state that it's in, I'm not sure there isn't urine in there. 
uh, whether or not it's mine, it's in jars, it's there. Um, yeah, so clearly, like, I'm not a person who should be in control of her own life, which is why I do love to be told what to do. But unfortunately, the only times now that I get told what to do are by strangers on the street, and I can only spend so much time smiling and taking my tits out. That's it. I get cold. It's dark now. Um, what else have I been thinking about on my hand? Oh, uh, the election pissed me off a whole bunch, obviously. Uh, and my first response after, you know, the world exploded was like, shit, I'm dating a straight white man. Do I have to like dump him on principle now? Just like, I feel like I just hate everything he stands for. Uh, but the problem with that is that now I feel like I really need straight white men on my side. And I obviously wouldn't be here if my dad loved me. So uh, the prospects are slim. Um, but I also, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that what I'm going to try to do is bully him into dumping me because that's my usual move. And also because as you're saying, Annette, uh, it's really important to find motivation to be working out. And I feel like I'm not going to be able to do that unless I need to get revenge hot. So, so yeah, um, I also, uh, so I'm not, I'm not straight, uh, as people tend to know, given that I announce it the second I enter any room. Uh, I just walk into a room and I'm just like, I'm here and queer and, uh, hope this job interview goes well. But yeah, so I'm not straight and people tend to know that. And, uh, that means that my gaydar is really, really good because I am a narcissist as well so if someone knows that I'm not straight and is not trying to fuck me I'm just assuming that they're not attracted to my gender that's the only reason it could possibly be I am the pinnacle of female sexuality obviously um, yeah I hate everything uh, <laughs> I really do uh, let's go back to, let's go back to to political breakups for a second because this, in fact, would be my second breakup due to political differences. Uh, the first one was because I believe in a woman's right to be a really shitty girlfriend all the time with no repercussions. And my ex did not agree. So we had to part ways. That's been fun. Thank you. I'm Mary. Bye. Merry goss, everyone. Loves getting told what to do. What a great feminist. <laughs> Uh, I don't see Ian Levy. Is he here yet? There he is. He just walked in the door. Are you carrying a copy? What book are you having in your hand? I have the Yiddish Oh my God. I was hoping it was like something dorky. Uh, all right. I thought that maybe it was going to be a, uh, like Robert Jordan novel. Put your hands together, everybody, for your next comedian. Just walked in the door right onto the stage. It's Ian Levy. <laughs> How's it going? Um, I guess we just jump into it. I uh, I overheard a guy the other day say, uh, I I think I have a Mexican food fetish because I've been eating it all week. And I think that man is poorly misspoken. <laughs> Unless he's going home and molesting his quesadillas. He's, I don't know. <laughs> Um, what was I, what was I thinking about today? I've been having a weird, uh, a weird exchange. Like, I think, I don't know why, why everyone here does stand-up comedy, right? Everyone has their own reasons. 
But for me personally, like I don't, I don't just hit up the open mics, right? I, I go around and I, I write these jokes. I try them out and find out which ones work the best. And I save up that material to take and then use on Tinder OkCupid to get me late. Like that's the real end game. That, those are the aspirations. Um, but it doesn't always it doesn't always work. I uh, I tried recently. I was I was talking to this woman on OkCupid, uh, and and I set up a joke uh, and I said uh, I, I said uh, Do you think this is funny? And I said. Uh, I ate Vietnamese food the other day. It was pho, nominal, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I'm pretty proud of that joke. I think it's, I think it's a good joke. Um, but, but she, she responded by saying, um, "I can't tell you if it's funny or not because I don't understand it." And I, I understand that something's lost in translation when you have to type that out because I did, I typed it out to her. Um, so then I, then I clarified, I, I, I said, well, it's, you know, pho as in pho and like phenomenal, like the word phenomenal. And then she responded and said, I don't think it's a good joke if it requires people to understand Vietnamese. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I haven't given up on her yet, but... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. I can't help but make jokes. That's my problem. I, I have... Uh, th this is a real thing someone, someone said to me on OkCupid about an hour ago, right? Uh, I have been I had a lot of downtime at work. I, I was like off the data guys for a while, and I was like, I need some new material. So I, went, I, I even started doing Bumble and stuff. Uh, fuck it, why not? There's a lot of, a lot of comedians on Bumble. But, um, I think I... Did I think I accidentally swiped right on you, Jenny, because I was just swiping right on everyone, and then I saw like, oh, is that Jenny? That's gonna be weird, and then <laughs> it was already gone. Um, but but anyways, um, yeah, I was so I was again on on OkCupid, um, and I was having some some conversation with this woman who was keeping it very short and brief, um, and then I asked her. I saw something about her being in London, and I said, oh, how long were you in London for? Uh, and she said, who cares? That's what she said to me. <laughs> and so, so I responded uh, by saying, um, probably just uh, the tourism board of the UK. And then she responded by saying, I hate small talk. Do you want to fuck or not? <laughs> those, were her, those were her words. And I couldn't help but say, uh, can we make small talk while we fuck? <laughs> For I cannot maintain a, an erection without telling people what my middle name is. <laughs> like, that's my... <laughs> I, I don't know if that's going to work out for me yet. I, we'll see. I've been, I've been trying to get better. I... I I, uh, I, 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 there was a while there where, uh, where I was going on a, a whole bunch of dates. And I think it made me get better at talking, talking to women. I, I used to not be very good. I used to like see a girl and be like, oh, go over there and tell her you like her hair. Like tell her you like her hair. And then I'd be like, hey, <laughs> you got hair. I like that. <laughs> I <don't know. laughs> so I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I think the very best one I've ever come up with was there was a woman on OkCupid uh, that in the message me if section, like message me if you want to talk about sports, message me if you want to talk about Game of Thrones. She wrote, "Message me if you have a definition for consent." Right. 
So I wrote to her and I said, I have a definition for consent, but I wouldn't want to force it on you. <laughs> You're finishing my punchline. <laughs> uh, and she uh, did not respond. So I'm still very lonely. Okay, that's my time, guys. Yay, Ian Levy. That was, a, that was a funny set about your dating flaws. Or, or gifts. He likes small talk. <laughs> I guess some chicks are into that. Uh, I don't know if Roman Leo's here. I don't see him. Is he here yet? Roman Leo? No Roman Leo. But I know who is here. Uh, he's been showing up every week, and he's a funny guy. And you guys are going to enjoy him right now. Put your hands together for Matthew Banks. Pants, pants, pants. La, 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 la. Thanks for breaking the mic, Ian. He didn't hear me. How's everybody? Pretty good? All right. Sorry to hear that, Pam, that you're fucked up. That's brutal. I threw up every day for like two years. Yeah, the last when I drank, you know, and uh, every morning I felt like somebody like shoved a broom handle down my throat <laughs> with like barbed wire wrapped around it. And uh, so I'd have like this horrible reflux. And I was like, the only thing that's going to make this go is another shot of whiskey. And uh, the only thing, I mean, I never tried Tums or anything like that. <laughs> but I knew that a shot of whiskey would take care of it. It was brutal. Yeah, last time I drank, I like came to in a psych ward after blacking out for two weeks. Pretty wild. So, I'm here for you. <laughs> I get it. I totally get it. Um, yeah, so I don't get this whole... Uh, I just moved here recently, like this whole PC thing. Like, I get it. Like, don't be a fucking dick, like, obviously. But come on. Like, really, there's, like, lines, you know? Like, people are so sensitive here. This guy came up to me yesterday to tell me a Yo Mama joke, and he referenced his mama <laughs> instead of mine. I was like, come on, dude. And then I, and so I told him a Yo Mama joke. I was like, your mama's teeth are so big, she's coughed and bit her legs off. I was like, you know, while we're talking about your mama, um, he was offended. But that's fine. So, and also I wonder, like, because San Francisco is, like, the most PC place I've ever been, but at the same time, it's, like, the most sexually liberal place I've ever been. I'm kind of like, well, how's that work, like, when you're fucking? Like, what do you say? Like, you can't say, you dirty little fucking whore. Like, you know, <laughs> how do you like this dick or whatever? You got to be like, you're a purpose-driven woman. <laughs> Would you like my penis in your vagina? I mean, what do you say? <laughs> so I'm kind of confused about that. Luckily, I haven't had to... Uh, so I like talking shit about people that uh, talk shit about people. I'm like one step above gossip. Um, it's kind of like when I made that switch from uh, cake to muffins. Um, it's like, you know, but the muffin is like much more telling of what you're going to look like. But for some reason, it's like got this, I don't know, it's kind of approachable. You know, <laughs> it's like I can eat this muffin and be okay. And it's like 12 cookies later. Uh, so I'm against reading. I am. I'm done with it. Uh, I'm okay if you do it, but I'm done. You know, I've, I've like been kicking myself my entire life because I hate to read and I'm finally okay with it. I just fucking hate it. And, you know, like people constantly push it, like, like saying how smart it makes you and all this other stuff and like all this knowledge. I'm like, why don't you just like live your life? Like you can learn much more from that or like listen to podcasts. And, and I was researching and it said that like the smarter you are, the more like you are to commit suicide, you know? 
I mean, maybe it's not true, but either way, this dude called me the other day and he's about to jump off the bridge and I was like, put the book down. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like, that's your problem. Put that fucking book down, bro. Why are you reading on a bridge, you fucking moron? But, um, so anyway, how you doing, Ian? Good? Are you from here? Sacramento. What's well, I hear it's really racist there. Is that true? Uh, yeah, probably. As racist as Mississippi? Probably not. Probably not. Never been to Mississippi. Never been to Mississippi? Don't bother. <laughs> That's where I'm from. But uh, what do you do for work? Uh, I work in a cafe. In a cafe? Nice. You're a comedian, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you know, if you're working a restaurant, you're a actress or whatever. <laughs> but, um, what else do I have? So I was uh, I was partially molested as a child. I never came. Uh, so, but I'm finally getting over it. You know, going to therapy like he wouldn't fucking finish. But anyway, you guys been good. Thanks. He's a talking bear. He's Matthew Banks. Very funny set. We'll have to have you um, on a show one day to talk about. Uh, like we had an oh my DUI show once and that was a lot of fun DUI stories yeah you got some of those too right on yeah it was um, I, I just couldn't believe all they had for me to drink was whiskey and and I love whiskey and and it was in cups they had I was like a little wine cup and I think I had like maybe seven six or seven shots of whiskey but I was sipping it all night but it was only two hours <sighs> It was, but at least Jonathan said that at least I was, I mean, I was relatively personable with people. I was maybe a little embarrassing, but only to myself, but at least, you know, I have him to watch out for me. Cause I mean, I, I woke up and at five in the morning and I didn't even know where I was at all. I was in my own bed. Thank God. But I had no idea where I was. I was like, what happened? Yeah. Right. Well, that's happened before I've stuck, I've thrown up into a into a gutter and uh, I was puking in the gutter and, uh, and I didn't, I know my face was so cold and I was outside on the ground in the sidewalk puking into the gutter, but I didn't, I didn't know what was going on. Yay. I should probably not drink so much. Your next comedian, did uh, Roman Leo just walk in the room? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll skip it. And Stefan Massey's not here yet. Stephen Massey's not here yet. Roman Lee is going potty. Jonah Pollock just walked in, so he's not going to want to go up, but Ginny Hogan will. Yay! Justified intellectual reaction to bodily and social Okay, Ian, I'm going to try to find out Bumble. Um, but I'm going to swipe left. I swipe left on everyone because I'm like trying to play hard to get. Uh, it's not working for me. Um, I don't know. I uh, recently hooked up with a guy who is like a friend of friends. We have like a ton of mutual friends. And I'm like, oh my god, I'm so worried. Like, all our friends are gonna find out, <laughs> like, because I'm gonna tell them. Like, I've told, <laughs> like, told everyone. Like, <laughs> just because I've told everyone because I'm so uncomfortable with the possibility of people finding out. Um, I, uh, I do remember that when guys say like they don't want a relationship right now, like they mean it. Uh, <laughs> I always assume they're lying, and the reason that I assume they're lying is because 100% of the time that I have told somebody that I didn't want a boyfriend right now, I have been lying. Not only have I been lying, but I specifically wanted that person to be my boyfriend. Um, yeah, I don't know. And I need to remember that when guys say, like, I'm bad at relationships, like, they mean, like, I don't want to be in a relationship with you. And I assume they're lying because 100% of the time I've said I'm bad at relationships, I mean, like, I'm single. <laughs> That's kind of... 
I, uh, I had a friend who was complaining that she couldn't relate. She's white and she was dating this white guy, but he was like kind of like grew up on food stamps, whatever. And she was like, he doesn't really relate to like, he doesn't understand like white privilege. Like we just can't talk about white privilege. Like he doesn't get it. So we don't connect over that. And I was like, well, you know what? The trick is you should try dating a more privileged white guy. Like that's gonna <laughs> have a great understanding of white privilege. Um, I, uh, I, so this guy that I hooked up with, I, uh, keep oh, like being, uh, intending to have sex with them and then remembering that I like, int- like was planning on shaving and didn't, um, CMI. <laughs> I feel like I was going to do a joke with that, but I, uh, no, really just, I'm really tired and like wake up in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to do it this morning and I don't. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I wish like guys were like, <laughs> you know, like computers and had a mute button. So dumb. Uh, yeah. Boom. Uh, like, you know, you guys know like control top tights. People know these control top tights. Nobody knows them. All right. They're tights that like are kind of like spanks at the top. Yeah. And just like, but well, you know, it's not, this isn't funny anyway. And it's not funny if you don't know what control top tights are. I think it's funny that it's like, don't get out of control. <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. <laughs> I always get dumped. Um, <laughs> shut the fuck up, Ian. I have been dumped by many more people than I ever realized I was dating. Um, I uh, I get ghosted on a lot, too. Like, I have a great intuition for the last text I've received from a guy. Like, I know when he's about to ghost. Because he'll send me a text that's like, don't ever text me again. And I'm like, he's ghosting. I can tell <laughs> he's he's gone. Um, I these aren't these pants are not even approximate. These tights are not even approximating pants. I usually wear like tights that like kind of look a little bit like pants. Um, all right. I uh, <laughs> I originally thought the thigh gap was like a yoga position that's like stand far enough apart that your thighs don't touch. Um, I I kind of don't like. I recently uh, released my first nude photo. Yeah, I mean, it did not really receive the viral reaction I was expecting. My sister's really into the free the nipple movement. So um, she posted a nude of us. It's not that nude. Like, it has, like, kind of Snapchatty shit over the nipples, and then I'm wearing shorts. But I don't really get free the nipple. Like, my nipples are, like, pretty free. Like, they kind of think for themselves, like, do what they want. All right. That one's not working. <laughs> um, I, mm, I, okay, so you know how there's like an I'm feeling lucky button on Google where if you uh, just click on it, you'll go to the first page of your Google search result instead of like seeing all the results. I'm always feeling lucky, so I like pretend there's an I'm feeling lucky button for Uber and I just like get in random cars. I uh, I think Uber is cool because it like took a really annoying word and made a company out of it. So now you can't really use that word to mean something else. You can't be like I'm Uber tired. Like people would assume you meant like I'm so tired and I need an Uber. So I think if someone wanted to like shut up like all of the blonde girls of the world, they could make a company called Like that was like a you know like a I don't know like an oil company or something really boring, and uh, then people wouldn't be able to. All right, I'm done. Thanks, guys. Watch Jenny Hogan, everyone. All right. Uh, moving on down. We're jumping all over the list uh, just because when people showed up tonight, but that's okay. And your next comedian's a funny guy. Put your hands together for Roman Leo. Real big hamster, plastic ball. Roll around squeaky eeky. Thank you, Pam. 
All right, I've only got 600 jokes to do, you guys. Joke number... No. Um, I was just talking to a hobo outside. He said I looked like a youthful Vietnam vet. I was like, I bought this jacket at a boutique in Berkeley. And then he uh, challenged me to a game of strip poker, which is just like stupid to try to play strip poker with a homeless guy because you can't win with, against somebody wearing seven layers, you know? It's, he's got to pulls out the backpack wardrobe. I'm like, I'm done, man. I'm out. Here's this 40 back. Right? I'm losing my hair, and uh, which is, I guess I'll just shave it, and then you look tough when you're bald, but until it rains, and then it's just like, oh my God, that guy's head is crying. <laughs> um, I have a beard, which means other guys with beards see my beard, and then they come up to me, and they're like, both of us have beards, so we should talk. And I'm like, I would rather shave my beard than talk to you, <laughs> right? I'm, uh, people, people get, get really confused about my gender because I smell like pussy all the time. Hetero brag. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this jacket at Boutique at Berkeley. Um, <laughs> yeah, just moved here in 98, you guys. Uh, I moved from Cleveland. Oh my God, ew, backward state, huh? In Cleveland, uh, we sound like bleeding goats, right? Like the, and everybody's like missing one ear and they called them Vincent Van Goat. But, uh, we, um, we, uh, we said, we like, we said, we sound different in California. They say fog. And then in Cleveland, they say fog. Like if I don't like the weather, I'm like, fuck this fog. And then people are like, we don't understand you. And you're probably a homophobe. And I was like, no, the fog. Anyway, <laughs> oh my God, those jokes are last forever. Um, I was over to a, a, a woman's house in Berkeley on Halloween and she was upset before the election about the potential for civil unrest, war or whatever. And then, and then she looks over, or, or she says the word redneck and then she looks over at me and apologizes. And I was like, I bought this jacket in a boutique in Berkeley. <laughs> I'm woke, I'm woke. <laughs> um... Right? You guys are a woke crowd, right? You're optimists, right? I don't know. I can't be woke all the time. Sometimes I'm skeptical. I'm like, I don't know about global warming. Like, how many years did it take us to figure out how to put two wheels on a suitcase? And then how many years did it take us to figure out how to put four wheels spinny on a suitcase? Like, it's just irritating. If you're upset about uh, uh, the, the, the results of the election, I suggest suicide on the BART tracks because then a thousand Uber drivers will make an extra $50. Um, you ever heard that one a million times? Actually, all these jokes I've done before. Um, that was fun. I just went through the first part of my set really fast. And, uh, right? I've been, I've been reading up a lot on, uh, on uh, self-help in an effort to overcome my horrible fucking self-defeatist lack of discipline that caused me to fail out of college so that after seven years, I could get marginally better at stand up. <laughs> um, right? It's uh, it's working. I've just done more organized this, this week, you guys. It's been a good week. Um, I'm trying to think of anything actually funny and new happened. Uh, I went to see Fantastic Beasts today. And... Uh, it was boring because I was there. It was the first thing I did when I woke up because my girlfriend, I don't know. 
You can't just say things from your day and expect to find a joke. <laughs> I'm really good at saving my jokes. You guys have been great. Thank you very much. The memories. <laughs> Roman Leo, everyone. And maybe next time try your uh, shopping list or something. You know, maybe like maybe that's something that you bought at the store, or maybe. I've always wanted to do Bjork's shopping list, you know, with her voice. <laughs> but I, I, I don't know how to do her voice while talking about groceries, you know. The apples, I like them. Uh, your next comedian, he does a fun impression. And he's has many, many jokes to tell you that are funny. And you will clap now for Stefan Massey. Half time, 8 o'clock. <laughs> He went to the liquor store. Okay. <laughs> then your next your next comedian, he is back. He was out for a while. He's back in the city with us again. We're excited. I think this is like his second week in a row. Please put your hands together for Jonah Pollock. All right. I'm Stephen Massey. I like Werner Herzog and I drink alcohol. Uh, he sounds like that. Um... Yeah, I, know, I heard the floor rumbling underneath me, and I was like, oh my god, I think my housemate and his girlfriend are fucking underneath the radio station. Uh, it's what I assume is happening when the floor is rumbling underneath me. Uh, is you? You jiggle? You should maybe take some Vicodin for that. <laughs> uh, you know, if you have diarrhea, the Vicodin will cure your diarrhea, because it'll stop you up. <laughs> You are a you are a confident man. <laughs> yeah. All right. Ooh, yerba mate. Oh, are we putting? Are you putting liquor in the yerba mate? No. Okay, I'm gonna go back to doing a set. Uh, <laughs> uh, boo, boo, boo! Uh, you guys, I'm excited. Uh, right to this new experience of uh, living in a potentially neo-Nazi America. I am catching up on foreskin. Specifically, do I, do I need to somehow have it? Um, my favorite thing about the Trump presidency is that one day there's going to be a Trump Memorial Library. Like, it's going to be the first library to be just a gift shop. Yeah, that's about at an NPR level of <laughs> meanness. It'll be one of the first places where the manuscript will be a man that's been scripted by Russia. Am I right? I, I riffed that, and it was pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, no, that was a douchebag inside my head. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, uh, that's what a douchebag sounds like in my head, is their jokes are unfunny, unlike mine, which are amazing. Uh, you guys, I walk around everywhere with uh, jingling keys, and I think it's because my lifetime ambition has been to be mistaken for a janitor. Um, which is, I, I wore them so long, I, I lived my dream, I got to be a janitor through TaskRabbit. Uh, but I feel like if I went to like a janitor bar, like they'd be like, you're not a real janitor, you know? You can't hang out with the, the cool janitors. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> you, you knew I wasn't a real janitor because I would have smelled like 7-Gen, like citrus cleaner. Yeah. Real janitors have potential lung cancer, I think. <laughs> That's that's like the that's like the crease in like a carpenter's blue jeans is just carcinogenic scar tissue in your lungs. You're you're smart. You would know. You're an educated guy. You're not a janitor. Uh, 
You are a Gigi Allen fan. <laughs> yeah. You you see you are you are an authority on shit and piss going everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of like a janitor. Uh, and you're a Twins fan. God, you're a masochist. You like liking things that aren't good. <laughs> you might want to talk to a therapist about that. Why am I attacking you? <laughs> it's because you have kind eyes. <laughs> um, anyone ever afraid of getting abducted by aliens? No, I'd welcome it. You love it? Yeah. yeah. Especially if they probably... All right, you guys, Stefan Massey um, has a juicy prostate. <laughs> yeah, when you can't be funny, just be awkward. I'm giving you guys a moment, okay? This is being transformed into more than the sum of its parts. Uh, you're welcome. Give it up for Pam. Woo! Jonah Pollock. I like your glasses. They look like Bernard from Westworld. Yeah, I just want you to know, apparently uh, my fashion like uh, spirit animal is a 35 to 45 year old woman because that's who keeps on complimenting me on my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Uh, he put me in a, in, I'm at the high range over of that, but that's really sweet that you put me in the low 35s. Uh, your next comedian, he, he does do a great Werner Herzog impression. Uh, don't know if he'll do it for us tonight. We'll see what kind of jokes he's going to bring to the table. But clap your hands in a slappy-like motion for Stefan Massey. Flashing around in the tub. You're, you know, I could have stepped over that, Jonah. I, I appreciate it. But I like that you're remaining on brand even after you went off the stage, uh, which is to say awkward. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I uh, I drive for ease now, and I'm gonna keep fucking talking about it until I find something that's funny about it. For God's sake, um, I had a very interesting experience the other day. Um, I uh, went up to this woman's house, and she had ordered a ridiculous amount of weed. Um, yeah, and like so that was suspicious off the bat. And then I get there, and you know, usually you're delivering someone's drugs. They're generally pretty happy to see you um but she was affronted that i had even like shown up at all and and so she she gets there and she's like every stereotypical white person that's inconvenienced about a really minor thing she comes up to my window and she's like i don't know if you're aware of this but the customer service on your website is absolute shit and then she gives me a handwritten note and says i want you to make sure that this gets to a human being and that they call me okay and then it took a very hard left at that point, something I absolutely did not expect. She tipped me $25 to make sure that this note got to an actual person. It was that important to her. And I, and I was thinking about this a minute later. I, pu I was pulled over because I was giggling uncontrollably about it. And uh, I was thinking about it and I was like, you know, I think that was just, I just witnessed uh, capitalism. Like, like in a microcosm, just in, 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 that, in that experience. That was capitalism. A white person was minorly inconvenienced about something, and so they decided to throw money at it and hope that it would sort itself out. And if that's not a good enough punchline, I just think wh white people getting angry about shit is hilarious always. So. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, I did. Uh, and my coworkers had a good laugh about it, too. Um, <laughs> so... Um, I've I've been into comedy a while. Like the, my my gateway drug, appropriately enough, was uh, Dennis Leary's "No Cure for Cancer." When I was in high school, I listened to that record ad nauseum. I'm, I'm shocked I listened to it as much as as I did. Uh, I committed a lot of it to memory, honestly. Um, one of my favorite bits was when he talked 
when you talked about uh, pot and um, just how like everyone's always trying to find a more inventive way to smoke it or uh, you know to you know, build bigger and bigger bongs to to do it with and like one of my favorite things about it is just how incredibly well it's aged at least to me because like now you know we had just you know weed flowers but now we have dabs you guys know about dabs I mean I'm talking to a crowd of comedians of course you know about dabs um, yeah, dabs, like the, the regular pot plant is like 20% THC. Dabs are 70%. That's unnecessary. That's a ridiculous amount of pot, for God's sake. And you know, what's great about that bit for me is that, you know, you can apply it not just to drugs, but other walks of life, like, like me right now. I'm taking an old comedian's bit and repurposing it for my own ends. And... <laughs> Like so many potheads who got in over their heads thinking that any drug that involves a blowtorch could be fun uh, and or mellow. I'm due to be crying in the fetal possession about this very shortly. Uh, <laughs> I've been, uh, I was, uh, there's, there's no transitions tonight, guys. I, 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 I don't have the mental fortitude for it. But um, I was talking to a friend about this band. We're both really into these, this group, uh, Death Grips. Do you guys know about these guys? They're, they're super intense. Yeah, I, I like them, but they're like crazy. Like, uh, here's here's a sample of one of their lyrics. I got some shit to say, just for the fuck of it. And that's like, hey, like we were just talking, and like we were like, you know, they could, these guys could make anything sound like dystopian and vaguely sexual. And uh, I just started thinking, you know, what would it be like if this dude were to, you know, just cover some nursery rhymes? And uh, <laughs> I think it'd go. Something like this. The itchy bitchy spider went up the water spout. Down came the rain. Down, down, down. Or, uh, <laughs> or you know, you could do like, uh, oh, a little teapot, short and stout. This is my handle. This is my stout. <laughs> Am I ruining this mic? <laughs> Or, uh, or I think I think my favorite one that I came up with was Patty Cake, Patty Cake, Baker's Man, bake me a cake fast as you can. <laughs> All right, I worked up a sweat, so that's good. I'm Stephen Massey. Stephen Massey, scaring small children everywhere with nursery rhymes. All right, moving right along. Your next comedian. He's very tall. He also <laughs> runs a show, the show at uh, the Willows, the first Tuesday of the month. And you should go to my Greasy Sons. It's a great show every month. And put your hands together right now for Connor Doherty. Uh, until recently, like maybe like the last three or four comics, everyone was talking about like dating and relationships. And I was going to be like, oh, I'm, so everyone's talking about this. Let's talk about modal logic. But then I... Um, no. So we'll come back to that. I was watching football on Thanksgiving. I hadn't watched any football this year and I had forgotten about a thing that wide receivers do when they're running a route and they're trying to fake a guy out. They go like, and I just don't understand who that tricks. <laughs> I have a new personal definition of su success. It is using fewer napkins than they give me at the takeout taqueria. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier than 
regular self-actualization. Okay, back to modal logic. So I was reading an Encyclopedia of Philosophy article about modal logic because I was a math major and I smoke weed. And the article was written by a man named James Garson, and I looked him up, and I've never seen a Wikipedia article that was more clearly written by the person that it's about. (laughs) James Garson is an American philosopher and logician. He has made significant contributions in the study of modal logic and formal semantics. He does not remember most of them and could not describe them, although they have been widely reported. (laughs) So he has devoted his entire life to this like very narrow field of formal reasoning. Does not remember his contributions there. But so the other thing that's funny about that, so this is not a joke, this is just me explaining what's funny, is that like formal, like when you're doing logic, you're like writing symbols on a page. It's like this very formal thing, you know, it's a proof. And so like you either prove something or you don't. There's not like, it's not like literature or something where you can just kind of like throw, you know, like, ooh, the feelings and stuff. You know, you prove something or you don't. And so I don't know how he could not remember the things that he proved unless he was just in this like blackout and he just like did a bunch of logic and submitted it to a journal and then came to and then. Uh, so uh, the, uh, on the election, on the election, uh, Proposition F didn't pass, which made me sad. That was the one that would have allowed 16-year-olds to vote on citywide uh, elections. I'm, I'm sad. I was going to run for city supervisor on the platform of beer and hand jobs, and I was really counting on that youth vote. I, like a lot of you probably on election night, was, you know, in shock, disbelief, staring at the TV, thinking this can't be happening as the Timberwolves lost to the Brooklyn Nets. (laughs) We were talking about the playoffs this year, man. Playoff teams don't lose to the Nets. Okay, bye. Yay, basketball. <laughs> I don't want to talk about. I'm so glad that there haven't been any. Per, yeah, the word. No, there's just been no uh, jokes about the. No one's being political, which is making me really oh. happy. Yeah, fuck James Harden. Uh, all right, your next comedian, he's a new guy, which means clap even harder for Long You. If you want to get political. If you want to get political, I can get political on you. I can get political on you guys. Uh, Donald Trump just won the election. You all know that. Uh, I can't believe he won off the straight white male equivalent of the It Gets Better campaign. Like, oh, you can't say slurs in public? Well, it gets better. Okay. Uh, he's. I feel like uh, Donald Trump is like the Ellen DeGeneres of racists. Like, once he came out, everybody started coming out. Like, uh, and... Uh, a lot of people have been blaming PC culture. People have been saying, yeah, PC culture is what really lost this election. People have been being too PC. You can't express your political opinion. But I think the only political opinion that's really stifled by PC culture is like Jews cause hurricanes. Like, 
if you have to like if you have to use a slur to express your political opinion i doubt that it's a valid political opinion you don't see economists on cnn saying well the gdp is being decreased by 15 percent because of the wetback influx it's not it's not how the they frame it you know um all right uh so yeah that's that's uh, my political stuff <laughs> um I have, I have more i'll tell you i'll tell you more political stuff um so a lot of people have been saying that uh, that Donald Trump's loss meant that or Donald Trump's victory was supposed to be like the the last gasp of white supremacy. That if uh, if Donald Trump isn't elected, that if he uh, loses his seat, then that means white supremacy's power is finally going to like diminish and disappear. And does that mean that uh, if white supremacy is going to disappear, then does that mean all the work my mom put in to make me sound this way was for nothing? You're telling me I was raised my entire life to become the house Negro and I have to stand idly by and watch that house burn down? I cannot. For those listening, I'm a black guy. You can... That's that's how that joke makes sense. Um, I'm from Compton, California. Uh, It's not uh, indicative in my uh, demeanor or appearance, Uh, but I am. I've... uh, a lot of people, people assume a lot of things uh, when you say you're from Compton. Like, for example, I have a scar that runs up my chest. And whenever somebody sees it, they ask me where I got it. I tell them the truth. I say, I got, the, got it in the streets of Compton, where I'm from. They're like, word? Somebody cut you out there? I'm like, no, I already told you it was the streets. I fell off my bike. It's incredibly easy to injure yourself on Compton's underfunded bike paths. That's why I never leave the house without my strap. It helps keep my helmet on. Um, and I, I, I feel like I always have to dispel stereotypes wherever I go. And I, I'll dispel a stereotype right now. Just because I am from Compton and I speak like this does not mean I have an inspirational life story. <laughs> Frankly, I'm tired of women clutching their purses when I pass by, assuming I want to take an advance on my memoirs. I'm... I'm, I'm tired of, of drug dealers refusing to sell me weed, saying, no, we can't let you get high. You gotta go out there and tell our story. There's a, there's a fun mural. Uh, <laughs> Compton, Compton has extremely low expectations for its people. I mean, there's, there's a mural on the side of Compton City Hall. Uh, you, you should go check it out if, you, if you're ever down there for whatever reason. Uh, and it's a, a large green hill, and they're under. It's a, it's a large mural. There's a quote under it that says, uh, "You are the light of the world. For a city upon a hill cannot be hidden." That's Matthew chapter five, verse fourteen. It's under a, a large mural on the side of City Hall, and depicted in the mural is a large green hill, and atop that hill is a TGI Fridays. That means the greatest municipal dream of Compton is to one day have a casual dining establishment. <laughs> The mayor had to call in an artist and said, I have a vision for our people of a place where every day is Friday, where, the, where your shrimp platter is not limited by the content of your stomach, but by the content of your wallet, you know? Um, thank you. Uh, <laughs> good night. Long yeah. you. All right. Welcome him to the comedy community. Your next comedian, I don't think he's here yet. My, my favorite CrossFitter in the house in the hitty. Oh, you're, you're there? Oh, okay, there he is. 
Well, it, it's Jesse Warren here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here we go. Oh, I see. I don't know any other CrossFitters. I don't know. I just know guys that do manual labor and get paid to work with rocks. Uh, your next comedian. Hey, he's a he's a funny guy. He's got jokes to tell you. Put your hands together, Jesse Warren. <laughs> yeah, no, Junie's not the other CrossFitter. Um, we did do cro- no, we didn't do CrossFit. We had plans to do CrossFit one time. All right, cool, uh, guys. I got I left my Facebook open, and my friends changed my relationship status from in a relationship with Megan Stavig to it's complicated with butt stuff, and. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and like it's kind of annoying because like I'm Facebook friends with my boss. I can't have him thinking I'm indecisive, you know. Like I know exactly where I stand on butt stuff. I'm a huge fan. Uh, it's a vulnerable part of my act. Um, no, I feel like you can't. Nobody's iffy about butt stuff. Like you either like really love it or you haven't tried it yet. You know what I mean? <laughs> cool. I know who likes butt stuff. All right. Yeah. Um, I, I look Asian, but I wish I looked more Asian. It'd be easier f- for me to start over, start over again. Cause, uh, I feel like the Asian witness protection program, all they do is give you like two new t-shirts and they send you on your way. <laughs> I think that's what they do for that. Um, they're like, all right, your name's, your name's Jin Yang. Your new name's Yang Jin. Turn your sweater inside out. Now get out of here, you little rascal. Um, I do do CrossFit. I do. I do CrossFit. And it's cool, man. It's People say it's a cult. It is, but it's like one of the better cults out there. It's like a benign cult, right? Like, I don't know why people keep bitching about it. It's like if Scientologists, like the worst thing about them, they just like wouldn't shut up about their stuff. They wouldn't be that bad, right? They'd just be like Christians or something. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, so I knew it was a cult since the first day I went in to do it because uh, well, here's the story of what happened. So I went in and what you, you do is they give you some exercises and you're supposed to do it as fast as you can. So people finish at different times. And when you get done, people finish at different times. So when you get done, you're supposed to cheer on the people who haven't finished yet, yelling stuff like, yeah, man, keep going. Um, and one by one, people are finishing until the last person's lifting and everybody's formed a complete circle around him, <laughs> yelling things at him, just get it, get This dude's not even halfway done. He's just dazed and confused. And I'm yelling some stuff. I'm excited. I'm yelling some stuff like, yeah, you know, typical motivational stuff. But then I realize I'm running out of stuff to say. So like motivational tags. So I'm all like, yeah, man, like you can do this. Don't give up on this. Life is like a box of chocolates, bro. Uh, and live, laugh, love, you know, just a bunch of like, just a bunch of like inspirational stuff that wasn't context appropriate. Uh, so, so yeah, so I was doing this and just going on for like, what seemed like just like endless amount of time. I kind of fell into this trance like state where I was just with all these people just yelling stuff and he went deeper and I kept yelling stuff and it felt like it got personal. Like I started yelling out things like she wasn't right for you. And you can do better than her. Why? And I just like, I was just really in the moment and I'll, I look up and I realize like the workout finished a long time ago <laughs> and I'm the only one there. And, uh, and then I was uh, inducted into the, the CrossFit cult community. It was, it was really cool. Um, yeah. CrossFit 
<laughs> yeah, it's a lot like Fight Club. Because the first rule of CrossFit is always talk about CrossFit. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll let you know that. Thank you, guys. CrossFit! Show us your tummy sometime. All right. Your next comedian. He gave me a compliment last week because I, I didn't bring him up the way I usually do by calling him a commie pinko liberal. I don't know. He's just, you know, he's Russian. But I... Let me try to do your accent again. You, I said something, oh, the big, you do the big, but th- last time you talked about the pants. Pants. <laughs> I, I love his accent. Put your hands together, everybody, for Gene Feld. Thank you, everyone. Speaking of Russians, now, oh, fuck, was that my phone? Hold on a second. It's okay. I will all start your time over and wait till you're all set up. He's 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 recording himself. This fancy this it's so fancy because you can record ah, your oh. No, it's not gonna work, dude. Sorry. You could put it on the inside, maybe. Oh, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> or yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. All right. Here we go. Gene Fell. So speaking of Russians. What the fuck is up with Rocky IV? And like, A, do you expect me to believe that whatever, Lundgren is Russian? But even if I go as far as that, do you expect me to believe that the Russian dude would train with like fancy electronic shit? Like fucking Sylvester Stallone was doing the same shit I did in my PE in school during the winter. It's bullshit. All right, what else do I have for you guys? Um, I don't know. I think that for those of you who are really stressed, this might work. It might be that you're an asshole. <laughs> like, it, it, it's totally likely. And it's like really, I don't know, it's really freeing to discover it. I, I guess a lot of you guys already did. But like, I don't know, it, it's just really good. You go like, oh, so so that's why she didn't, huh. You know, I thought I was giving her valuable advice on more substantial bands to consider. Uh, yeah, so I, I, oh, so that's, uh, all right, well, fuck him. That's, um, let's see, how much time do I have left? <laughs> <laughs> My whole set. This was like half my set. The first minute of the rest of your set. First minute of the rest. Uh, let's see. I don't know. I think it's really fucked up that um, that we call female dogs bitches. Cause like fucking look who's talking. You know, like a dog would never put another dog in the friend zone. Like ever. <laughs> You know, if you give one dog some food and you don't give the other dog any food, like, it'll be jealous, but it won't act jealous, right? Like, it's not going to run over to the food and, like, piss all over it. And if you give it the food, like, again, it's not going to, you know, say, fuck you. I don't know. 
I feel this was a really energetic room before I stepped in. That's how we all feel, man. Ah, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's like, well, so let's talk about the elephant in the room, right? Trump. So, I mean, that's why everyone is so pissed off, right? Like, this place was just fucking great. And, like, you know, when on Saturday Night Live they said they did the joke, fuck it, can we say it yet? And they brought up Hillary as the president, right? This, this place was popping. Um, thank you. So, I don't know. I mean, first of all, it is going to suck, right? Because... You know, whenever you see a narcissist get an ego boost that just feels like shit, and it's gonna be like a lot of that. But I don't know, I think that it's all about, um, a lot of people are worried about the gap between the rich and the poor, and it's really the gap between the smart and the stupid that's fucking killing us. Like the gap between the climate scientists and the guy who's gonna run Donald Trump's CPA. That's the gap I'm worried about. Thank you very much, guys, I'm Gene. Gene Feld, everybody. What an amazing job. He eats dicks better than anybody I've seen lately. That was, <laughs> that was good. Hanging in there, doing the comedy. Uh, your next comic. He's been, he's been steadily making me laugh more with his jokes that he's been working on. And it's, yeah, it's you, George. Are you in here, George, or are you outside? Hey, everybody. He's up next. He's a funny guy. Put your hands together for George Davis. It's like jo George, but he's just outside. I think that. Yay! God, nobody. Ladies and gentlemen, it's nice to see you this evening. It's always a pleasure. Kind of wanted to take the old bite the bullet position, but now we're in the old, uh, what, what do you call it? The uh, like uh, three quarters of the way, everybody's tired of comedy position. So that's fun. That's nice. Anyway, um, I always have these dumb things that rattle around in my brain that like, <laughs> they made me go goofballs. But like, I think nobody will ever find them funny. Ever, ever, ever. And shit like... <laughs> It's like, there's this one dumb thing I'll think about once in a while, and it's so fucking dumb. I'm telling you right now, like, I, I like, I'm, this is the long intro with this motherfucker, because it's so stupid, and like, it's, I don't even, I don't even know if it's funny anymore. I've been telling myself this fucking thing so long, I can't even tell if it's funny. So it's like... It's like, it's like this guy that's just constantly mad about shit. Like, every time you ask him about anything, he just always, Yo, I'm a fucker, bud. Yeah, yeah. Every time his dumb voice goes, You know, man, tiny motherfucker, blood. Hey, blood. And I was like, It's dumb. It's not funny. Nobody will laugh. And that's exactly what I got. So, I think, what would George Bush call that shit? Mission accomplished. Plant my flag on that shit. <laughs> anyway, <sighs> how you doing tonight, Pam? You're over. 
Hungover? Hungover. That's a great place to be. It's a fucking cool place to be, especially like if you don't have to do shit. Or if you have to like go in early to work, that's the best too. I love kind of hungover work shit. Like I used to like clean blood off the ceiling as like a janitor and shit. These dildos would go in and shoot heroin and it would and they would like pop their vein and it would every fucking day on the ceiling. But if you're hungover, it's kinda like I don't really give a shit. <laughs> fuck these assholes and fuck this bullshit. You like you get a real fuck this attitude when you get like hungover. It's really nice. Like it's the worst. It's like it's my favorite place to be at jobs, and that's what stinks because that means I don't like work. Because <laughs> if I liked work, I wouldn't want to be there talking about fuck this. I'd be talking about you know what. <laughs> I'd, I'd shave and shit I'd be ready to go But like instead I'm just like oh, I can't wait to just be Fucking you know what You know be fun How about I drink today <laughs> How about I go out there and just drink All fucking day at work You know what We'll start in the bathroom when I'm cleaning the blood Off the ceiling <laughs> We're gonna hide in there And then we're gonna take about three or four Nips alright then I'll run upstairs and I'll do those fucking offices. <laughs> but, you know, that's just my boring self. Anyway. All right. Hey, Pam, this is just for you because this is so fun. And I know you hate this joke, so I'm going to fucking do it for you. It, does any... I can't even remember the fucking thing. Oh, what, 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 what can lifesavers do that guys can't? Come in five different flavors. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a great night. George Davis. All right. Coming in color to a bathroom near you. All right. Uh, your next comedian, he has a show here on Sundays at 2 o'clock called Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube with your next comedian, Mike Spiegelman. All right. Uh, anyone listening online, sit down. It's okay. At ease. It is me. It's true. You can rewind it to hear Pam say my name again. But... Uh, I'm, I'm very honored. Actually, you might be honored as well that you get to hear me on the uh, internet. <clears throat> That's good. I hate talking to people IRL. Am I right? Do you guys like jo internet jokes or do you like jokes in real life? But in, I think... It, okay, both. I'll take that. But I want to tell you guys, internet live audience, there's a live audience here, and I never tell Twitter jokes when I'm in front of a live audience. I want to connect to the crowd. So to, to make sure during my four minutes here, none of my jokes have been used on Twitter. They all have over 141 characters. <laughs> Except this one, period, 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 X, period. Well, that's the only time I got to laugh in that joke. I hope it got picked up. I hope it got picked up. You know, I like rock and roll memorabilia 
as much as the next person, but I think it was kind of stupid of me to get laser, major laser eye surgery. Because it really was uh, not that good. You guys know that if you play uh, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon, the same time you watch The Wizard of Oz, you're a big fucking loser. Uh, if you haven't seen that, that's my favorite album cover, Dark Side of the Moon. There's a, a prism and a ray of light, white light hits it and a rainbow comes out. It's like the best gatefold album cover I've seen. And if you want to check it out, my van is parked across the street. Nicely laminated, detailed, classic 70s van. On the other side, it's uh, Darth Vader fighting a unicorn. <clears throat> I like uh, things. I, I saw that the Trump rally the other day or today where his thank you tour. I think things got kind of scary when he started his tour uh, with side four of the wall. That was when uh, I knew there was an issue. But uh, I, before I get out of here, uh, I want to thank you again for listening. This has been an extraordinary time to experience the sound of my own voice, which I appreciate. <laughs> you know, I actually, one of the few comics actually, I hate my own voice. So that's ironic, weird, right? It's a paradox because as a comedian, I love the sound of my own voice. But that reminds me of a story. I was picking lint <laughs> out of my belly button. I want to say that, like, I don't understand Jimmy Fallon. I don't really, uh, I've seen TV before, but his, uh, the fact that he, he has now endorsed two different flavors of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, I think he needs to uh, retire uh, instead of making us even fatter. I mean, I think in the future they'll say, oh, Ben and Jerry's, I'm never going to make this joke work, but I'm going to stick to it. They're going to say, oh, Ben and Jerry's made everyone sicker. Jimmy Fallon. I mean, you look at a guy named uh, Paul Newman. He, he put his face on food, but it was for charity, and it was kind of organic. And there were Oreos variants, which is kind of cool. All right, I'm going to retire that joke, but I just wanted that on uh, thing. I just find it ridiculous that people wouldn't, celebrities would endorse sodas and, and ice cream because it's going to, it's just weak. But anyway, smoke Marlboros. Talk to you later. I'm done. Go ahead. Bye. Spiegelman, everyone! Yay! Uh, listen to let's watch let's uh, watch a full length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman every Sunday or anytime you want because it is podcast and that's awesome. And I'm glad that he addressed you, listening audience ship out there in the world. Uh, if you ever want to call us, you can four one five 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 zero zero five one one. Say hello. All right. Yeah, we're. Yeah, I hope you guys don't mind burning material every week. Adam Rubenfeld, not. Not with us yet? Not with us yet. Or Ashton Tate not with us either? Nope. Nope. But you know who is? Uh, she's last on the list, but that's all good. We're going to give her a bunch of time. Put your hands together, everybody. She's new. Adrienne Price. Yay! Thank you. I am Adrienne Price. Um... If you're listening to this on the air, I am a voluptuous vixen with an hourglass figure. If you're listening to this in the room, shut the fuck up, that wasn't a joke. Uh, I'm unemployed right now, which is fun. Shout out to my fellow slackers. Um, I went to an 
employment coach recently. I don't know if you all have tried that, but uh, they lined up this interview for me and they told me, look, you know, it's going to be really tough. It's very competitive. We need you to truly get in touch with your inner birch. And it wasn't until like two weeks later that I was in Safeway, like grabbing a thing of tomatoes where I was like, oh, you mean my inner bitch. Like, why didn't you just say that? Like, you can't just make up euphemisms that don't exist. You know, you can't be like, oh, you know that Pam, she was tap dancing and vomit as per usual. It's like, that does, that's not a thing. That doesn't mean a thing. You can't just decide that, that's, that are, those are words that produce meaning. Um, also, I feel like that's, you know, if you tell someone to channel their inner birch, like, you're definitely not taking your own advice there. You're like, <laughs> you need to channel your inner birch. <laughs> you know <laughs> how it is. Um, so I was uh, scrolling through the Facebooks, and my friend posted, it said, um, it said, today's as good a day as any. I just got an abortion. And I thought that was that is a really like heavy. heavy thing to say in such like a cavalier medium. But then I read the comments section. What she really meant was today's as good a day to tell you as any that a long time ago <laughs> I had an abortion. <laughs> which I feel like is an extremely different message. Like, here I am imagining that she just waltzes into Planned Parenthood, like, fuck it, it's as good a day as any. Give me an abortion. Like, you're not even pregnant. I don't care. You artificially inseminate me, kill that baby. Today's as good a day as any. Uh, abortion jokes are killing with the straight men. <laughs> straight men love it. I don't know that you're all straight, by the way. I just... Assume, because I don't think any gay man would have sex with you. Um, um, so I know we're all gonna we're all gonna remember the day that Donald Trump was elected president. It's gonna live in our minds forever. Um, for me, I was so shocked. I like I, I actually couldn't get out of bed for a few hours. I I didn't want to face the world. I was in denial. Finally, I'm like, you know what, Adrian? Just get out there. Do something nice for yourself. Move on with your life. It's going to be okay. So I got up. I made myself some food. I made myself some, uh, some stir fry. It was delicious. Uh, an hour after that, I was walking to a babysitting gig, and I got that unmistakable body feeling that you get when you're going to diarrhea in like two seconds. <laughs> And there's nothing you can do about it. So I just beelined it to the nearest gas station. And of course, the bathroom is closed. It's locked. And I'm like banging on it. I'm like, come on, come on. Um, nothing, nothing. And then I realized that I was wearing a skirt. And I've been through a lot of uh, transgender milestones in my life. But shitting myself in a skirt is not one that I've ever experienced yet. Like, I don't even know 
like ergonomically like where how does that like fit like how where does that go i don't know um so i was i was worried and you know they weren't opening the door and you know five minutes are going by seven minutes are going by uh and then i realized there's multiple people in the bathroom there's like at least two people i'm like fuck whenever there's multiple people in the bathroom like somebody's doing blow somebody's getting a blow job somebody's doing their makeup probably all at the same time um but it's gonna be a long time and so it got to the point where I'm just like sweating bullets and, and, and I sank to my knees and you know, the Buddhists talk about this <laughs> single pointed awareness. In that moment, I finally, for the first time in my life, experienced that single pointed awareness on my sphincter like that was all there was in the universe at that moment like it was all sphincter everything else was like a delusion of my ego so (laughs) so i'm laying there the sweat is pouring down my face and i finally got to the point where i was like you know what adrian it's it's okay if you shit yourself it's okay like you're sick it's not your fault if you have to shit yourself right now, it just, it's gonna be okay. And just at that moment, the door bursts open and these two fucking crusty, you know, hippie type um, folks burst out of the bathroom. And, uh, and I just made it just in time, thank the Lord. And I was sitting there, sitting on the john, and I was like, you know what? If there was truly no God in the world, I would have shit myself in a skirt on the day that Donald Trump was elected president. That's what would have happened. But clearly, that's not what happened. So, which means there is a God out there who's just a vengeful ass motherfucker. (laughs) Who's just like, I'm gonna make you almost shit yourself. I'm gonna take you to the very brink of shitting yourself and then give you relief just to prove that I fucking can. I'm God, fuck you, bow down bitches. Thank you. He's suffering, suffering. Adrian Price didn't shit her skirt, yay, yay. That happened to me once while I was nannying. I didn't want a nanny. I said, I'm not feeling well. And she said, can you come over just for two hours? So I came over, picked up the baby, and we were walking up the hill to go to a park, and I realized I'm gonna have diarrhea. And I'm like, what do I do? I'm sweating, just like you said, it's awful. I think I'm dying. But it was okay, they let me into the, um, the godless freaks let me into the, across the street from Grace Cathedral is this, what's it called? Um, it's this thing that's a big, it's a big, it has, it's a mason, you know, whatever. Anyways, they let me, the godless people, they let me go downstairs and, and poo. And then she even watched the baby while I was shitting my brains out. Anyways, happy stories. Uh, Adam Rubenfelder, Ashton Tate here yet? No? Okay, well, that's the end of the show, everybody. Thanks so much for being here tonight. I'm so excited I get to take a break before the next show. Stick around if you want. Uh, it's the stoned, the sober-ish versus stoned comedy. Here he went. And, um, yeah, it's sober-ish versus stoned comedy. They're going to do a 10-minute set, and then I've got all these joints I've rolled, and they're going to smoke a blunt to the face, or a joint. It's not a blunt. Uh, and then they're going to come back and do another 10-minute set. So it should be really fun. So we will see you guys 
uh, at 8 o'clock. Thanks so much for being here on Happy Hour. Swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. 
select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Blue. 
Subliminal SF brings you visual and auditory mind control. For the best graphic design, physical merchandise, and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy, and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah, you got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! My life is sunshine, lollipops and rainbows, that's how this refrain goes. Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Yes, it is, Curl. <laughs> it's the House of Pride show, episode 127. How do you keep count after, like, Alejandra, girl? I, I wouldn't have even gotten that far. <laughs> girl, I don't know. Don't test me. <laughs> I'm your host, Risa Turner. 
my lovely and beautiful co-host, Pearl T. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. If you have a question for us, call us 415-550-0511. That's 415-550-0511. Well, it's another episode, Pearl T's. How are you? Fabulous, girl. How are you doing over there? <laughs> I'm doing good. We're celebrating the 60s today because we have a couple of 60 theme parties going on in San Francisco this week. That's right up your alley, girl. It sure is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's get right into it. It's going to be a full house here at House of Pride Radio. Um, am I, can anyone hear me out there? <laughs> I, I think so, girl. All right. I can barely hear myself. Uh, let's start things off. We have a fabulous guest sitting with us. Uh, she is from the girl group entitled The Devil Etts. And um, we want to welcome to the House of Pride show the one and only Sweet, Sweet Tart. Tart. Hi. Hey, girl. What's going on? How are you? I'm great. I'm loving life. I'm so happy to be here. Well, cool. welcome. Thank you. So, Tweeka said you're from a girl group. What kind of girl group is this? So, the Devilettes are a 1960s style synchronized go-go dance troupe. All right. Yes. How fierce is that? I've seen you guys perform. And tell us about how big your, your troupe is. So, we vary. At our largest, we're about 18 girls. Wow. Uh, occasionally, we shrink down to about eight, depending on who's available to do a show. But um, we are a very large tribe. Well, you guys, like, all 18 go and do, like, one gig together? Yeah. That's it insane. can get a little squished on stages, but, you know, the more fringe, the better. And it's choreographed and costumed? Yes, absolutely. Who does your choreo- choreography and costumes? So our artistic director, Baby Doe, does all of our choreography. Uh, we kind of design costumes by committee, and we have uh, them professionally made for us. Okay, and how long have you been with the troupe? I am new to being with the troupe formally. I've been dancing with the Devilettes for about a year and a half now. Uh-huh. Awesome. Well, how long have they been around? 20 years. 20 oh, I didn't years. realize that. Well, yes. quite a history there. Now, folks listening to us right now, you can go check them out in real time while you're listening to us at, on Facebook. And do they have a on website? On Facebook, we are The Devilettes. Our website is thedevilettes.com. We're also on Instagram. And now there's a hyphen between devil and ets. That is correct. So just so you guys don't get confused. But always the. If you just search for Devilettes, then you get like a high school cheerleading troop in, I think, Arizona <laughs> or something. Oh, so you have to put the in front of it. T-A-T-Y. Yes, yes. The Devilettes. The, the one and only. Yes. Uh, the, premier, the original. Yes, the original oh. troop, the Devilettes. And they, they rock it out to all sorts of songs, um, such as? Uh, pretty much anything that inspires us from the 60s or has a real kind of retro rock and roll feel. We love dancing to Elvis and Nancy Sinatra. Um, we have a great number that we're very excited about to Devil in, the, Devil in a Blue Dress. Uh, we have a Ramones number that is really, really fun and... and uh, Pretty much anything that makes us want to do the twist. Amen. All right, all right. So you have something for us. Uh, when is your <laughs> I next? I a whole lot of something oh, for you. Yes, indeed. Right. When is your next uh, performance where we can see you? So we will be at Ain't Your Mama's Drag Show on Friday night at Balançoire. Awesome. Balançoire Pearl, where is that again? Balançoire is 2565 Mission Street, right in between 21st and 22nd on Mission. 
Awesome. So well rehearsed. Wow, she knows her stuff. She knows her. Uh, she knows her, her venues. venues. Yes. Yeah, girl. Uh, this is Cruz and Deleuze show. It's called. Uh, it's it's a free show. There's no cover, believe it or not. No cover and all ages. Yes. So six to sixty. Yes. <laughs> and um, Tweeka, do you DJ that that party? Uh, yes. I, I toss it off between me and Teodora. She's DJing this weekend. Oh. I have to DJ on a boat. Girl, I'm still waiting on those tickets. Girl, I, you know, they're very corporate over there. I'll, I'll see if they don't give... Yeah, I'll try. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll keep trying for... Right. If anyone's going to get a pair of free tickets, Pearl teases. Right. I've been asking for years, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so how long... What is your background in dance? Uh, I've actually been dancing almost since I could walk. Uh, my first pair of heels was my first pair of tap shoes when I was eight years old. Um, so I studied um, ballet since I was six until I was 18 and realized that that was a really stupid dream. And <laughs> What was it that, that was the you know the hurdle between your aspirations as a ballet dancer? Um, yeah. My height? How, how I, I, like everything I couldn't change about myself was what keep was keeping uh, me from being a professional <laughs> ballerina. <laughs> I, I imagine the, the the standards are pretty high up there for. Yeah, well, the trouble is if you're tall as a ballerina, then you're too tall to dance with the boys, so they don't want you. And they're that strict about that kind of. Oh thing. yes. Oh god. Okay, so yeah. what did you? Where did you go from there then? Uh, so. Um, I briefly gave up on dance, and it was all very dramatic. Hand to the forehead, wistful awfulness. Uh, moved to the Bay Area and was introduced to a whole new world of performance. Uh, so Yes, indeed, Pearl Tees. Right, and then th- is that how you got into go-going? Or how did you get into going if that's not? <laughs> what, what was the first genre did you get into when you moved here? Was it performance art per se? Or? Um, it w- <clears throat> it was the other kind of go-go dance. Oh, well, girl. <laughs> well, we, are you talking burlesque? Because we nah, love... It doesn't sound like no, no. Be, before burlesque, it was just the sexy girl on a box. Oh, go-go <laughs> box dancer. Yes. I love that. That's, that's my fantasy. I would have. I would love to be... I, well, it's too late sure now. But. Would, so it was good fun. It was terrible money, but the drinks were always free. Amen. Oh, Girl, I know that feeling. Um, So what, now there's a few different go-go troops in the city. Why did you decide to choose, I don't know if you guys auditioned for the Devilettes? Uh, Yes, I did audition. Uh, So the Devilettes is the only troupe in America that does what we do, which is choreographed, synchronized 60s-style go-go. Mm-hmm. Um, any other kind of go-go troupe that you see, they're more—they're uh, either completely freestyle or it's, yeah. it's much more modern, and we spend a lot of time actually researching and paying attention to what the original moves were when go-go was brought about in the 60s, because it's really important mm-hmm. to us that it is a uniquely American art form, and we are really putting a lot of effort into keeping it alive. So how many, how many 60s dances are there that were popular is it, do you have the more like oh my gosh there's <laughs> a, a nearly infinite number um from the extremely silly dances that just mimic like animal movements, the monkey and the mouse and the fish and um, all of these very, very silly things to uh, things that you think of as more classic 60s dances like the twist and the mashed potato. Uh-huh. But it, the list goes on for miles. Do you guys try to cover most of those or do you have a set favorite group of 60s dances? Uh, we definitely have moves that we do more than others, but we, it's, I mean, it's such a broad 
uh, you know, sort of buffet of, of well, things to pick from that yes. it's just it's really fun to mix and match everything it's, together and then come up with our own crap and <laughs> a salad bar of goodness yeah <laughs> go go goodness so why did you choose the devilettes i had been watching the devilettes perform at you know rock clubs and and burlesque shows for years um they actually hadn't held auditions for seven years and they finally decided that it was time to bring in some new blood uh and i thought i think that might be what i need right about now i love and it was it was just a perfect fit awesome let's take a short musical break pay homage to 60s dances with the watusi yes The Devilettes do sound fun. Let's bring in our other guest protees. All right. So in the house, we also have Miss Hollywood. Welcome. What up? And her friend <laughs> Kitty. Welcome, Kitty. Ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you all, all right. think of this Devilette 60s fun? I think I want to watch it. Right. It's going to be groovy. Right. And by watch, I mean touch. Yeah. <laughs> Get up close and I don't personal. Think, I don't think Sweetheart does that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, with 18, with 18 go-go dances. Looks are free, uh, but feels are going to cost you. <laughs> you it's, it is a, I, I would think with 18 dances on the floor, you're going to have table dances very close to you this Friday at Balançoire. Right. The fringe will fly. Hello, it's going to be like a car wash. You guys are going to be there. Uh, I think on Friday there's 10 of us. That is sickening. Yeah. Well, 10, plus 10 girls serving it. Girl 60 style. Now how um, is there like a is there like a lead devil ed or anything like that? <laughs> How much drama do you guys have in your group? You know, the infighting? Uh, very little. We are we are very much a, a sorority. Um, we all we're like sisters. Sometimes we disagree and we squabble, but ultimately, at the end of the day, we all love each other and we all do this because it's a true labor of love for us. So no one's pining for more attention when no, it's you know. It, 
it's hard to be the standout when there's, you know, 18 people yeah. on stage. <laughs> so who manages it then? So our artistic director is Baby Doe. Oh, she, 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 she hey, is, Baby Doe, yes. shout out. Yeah, hey, Baby Doe. Uh, so she incepted the group, and it was, and she does almost all of our choreography, and she really drives she the vision. The beginning. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That is so cool to have someone with that much hands-on. Yeah, it's it's really inspiring because she has a very clear, very strong vision and she just pushes straight for it. Well, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> now, what was the, that you said was originated in San Francisco, was it a 60s dance? The Swim. I did not know that. Yes. And there is a Bobby Freeman song called Swim, S-W-I-M, with like hyphens, and uh, there's a lyric in it and he says, San Francisco did it, it made the whole town swing. And oh, then awesome. he talks about and doing the swim. If you were to describe to our listening audience how that uh, is executed, how I'm it, assuming it looks like you're swimming, girl. It looks a little <laughs> bit like you might be swimming, yeah. <laughs> One arm in front, the other arm in front. And then you can do a backstroke. The backstroke, yes. Is that by the same? That's it's cons- it's all kind of the same idea. It's all the, the swim moves uh-huh. and, you know, a dive and, Ooh, and the, the, the so hold your nose hold. and do the snorkel. I love it. Oh, oh, oh my God, I can't get enough. Wow, this is fabulous. So, um, besides Balançoire, do you have a full agenda of, of like sort of like a tour? Yeah. So on? we are actually we are wrapping up our season. Uh, we just headlined the Texas Burlesque Festival in Austin. We just returned from that, which was an, an absolute blast. We loved doing it. And then uh, we have Balançoire on Friday, and then later this month we are performing at the Uptown Cabaret in Oakland. Oh. I think this is so exciting. I love 60s music and the 60s vibe. So I'm so glad you had um, some time to come on our show. Yes, I'm so happy to be here. And um, let's say it's the beginning of a relationship with us here at House of Pride. Is this the start of a beautiful friendship? Just the start of it. (laughs) We'll wear some flowers in our hair next time you guys come on over. Uh, Just iterate one more time your website. The Devilettes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. We are The Devilettes. Uh, on Instagram, also The Devilettes. And our website is thedevilettes.com. Awesome. Let's have a nice round of applause. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet uh, and the thanks, Devil- everybody. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Say to me. 
All right, we're back. House of Pride Radio. How are you doing, Pearl Tees? Fabulous. How are you doing? You know I love the 1960s. Yes, you do. Mm. <laughs> anything before the 80s, I swear, is up your alley. I know, it really is. It's, it's so strange. Um, I got this, anything before the 70s, more like it. I do like disco music, too. That, that was a fun decade, all that glitter and sparkly stuff. Mm, I wasn't around for all that. I barely was myself, but I can appreciate retro music. <laughs> I sure can. <laughs> 80s was my, my time, and I was never into the 80s. If yours, your 90s were... Well, I was born at the end of the 80s. Okay. Okay. Um, so, I mean, I grew up listening to a lot of it. Yeah, I mean, 80s, a lot of people love the 80s, but really my thing was before my time. What, what can you say? Anyways, uh, that was the Devilettes. Folks, be sure to check them out. Devilettes.com. Uh, yes, indeed. We're talking with Hollywood and Kitty. Welcome, ladies. Hey. 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 Hello. So, <laughs> so, Hollywood, I saw you perform last Friday for the first time ever at, at oh, yeah. another Balançoire event. Uh, the last. It was 80s themed. 80s theme, right. The 80s. That, again, that was cru- cruising's going through the, these <laughs> themes. She's going to be calling us again, Cruzin Delu. Uh, and then if anyone else wants to call us, 415 550 0511. Don't be shy. I have to check to see if that 1978 phone is actually working. Right. Please do. <laughs> now, what kind of performance do you do? Yes, do tell. All. All. <laughs> I think Hollywood. She's a little, are you nervous? Would. Do I seem nervous? Are I, you a, yeah. I'm are you a drag not. entertainer all as well? Or? Um, I just kind of mix it up, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah. I do whatever, whenever. What song did you choose last week? For I the did two. I did uh, Joan Jett, Bad Reputation, and Come On Eileen. That's right, but not the Dixie Riders No, version. I did a cover, uh, Save Ferris, a little ska band, mm-hmm. the hot lady lead. Right. How long have you been performing for? Since, well, pretty much my whole life. But I've been uh, doing weirder shit since, like, 2008. What do you mean? Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. 
But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? <laughs> it's a cash cock, honey. <laughs> Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsidai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there. 
there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find Counter Offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini, and creamy delicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue. San Francisco is located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! Visual and audio.